0: welcome to karura's weekly podcast thank you so much for taking your time to journey with us we hope your spiritual life will be transformed as you listen in we start in three two one praise the lord happy new year happy new year 2021 welcome to 2021 are you looking forward to this year you know, I remember as we started last year, a lot of people were all excited about, you know, 2020. And we were talking about it as the year of double-double. Do you remember that? And, and, you know, people were promising a year of prosperity, of 2020 vision. Amazing, wasn't it? What is the one-word answer if you were asked, you know, what is it that affected us most in 2020? One word. COVID. COVID came and it changed everything. Everything was turned upside down. And all those ideas and things like that, we just sort of, they just seem to go up in smoke. Does that make you afraid of looking forward into a new year? Some of us, isn't it? Others of us are thinking, oh man, that one is behind us and we are hoping that just the day changes everything. But I want to tell you, I want to tell you this. If you are with the Lord you need never, ever be afraid. You need never be afraid. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm so encouraged that for us as Karura, at the beginning of last year, in the second sermon, we, the, the word the Lord gave to us was from Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 to 9. And it's a passage that I kept on remembering and going back to the whole year. Especially verse 9, which says, Have I not commanded you be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. If you can, I just encourage you to memorize that particular passage. This passage is amazing. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you Wherever you go Joshua chapter 1 Verse 9 What did you learn from 2020? You know I've seen so many articles encouraging us You know look back at the last year And, and note the lessons that you Carry forward into the future And in fact the Bible also says That we shouldn't look at times of hardship In a negative way We should recognize that God will work through them And he will use them to Help us to grow In Romans chapter 5, verse 3 to 5, the Bible says this in the New Living Translation. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. For we know that they help us develop endurance. They help us. It's interesting. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us. Because He has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with His love. Amen? Problems and trials can be a friend. If we look at them right, if we bring them into the context of an eternal God who has eternal purposes and whose promise to us is a future that cannot fail. It cannot fail. You know, His love for us has been displayed on the cross and we continue to experience it as followers of Jesus Christ because the Holy Spirit is present in us. We experience the, God of the, the, the love of God. You know, 2020 was like a reset button, you know? The whole world was shaken. And things, you know, things changed. Everything seemed to change. But my observation, the most important things in life didn't change. You know, those who fixated on the problems... You know, they, they stagnated very often. Those, those guys who are so fixed on the problem, they stagnated. Those who had the courage to keep on going, to keep on, you know, to keep their eyes on God as they stepped forward into the future that, that was opening up. They grew, they deepened, and, and they, are ready. they are ready for whatever the context may, sh- may throw at them. Did you grow? Did you grow? I want you to spend some time at some point to just ask yourself that question. In what areas has my life grown out of the struggles of last year? You know, some of us learned that we could live and be happy with significantly less. You know, we were, we were even able to give and, and, and share more than we had ever done. You know, and still earning far less. You know, that's my personal testimony. You know, I earned less, I gave more. And yet, here we are with the joy of the Lord present in us and the blessing of having blessed many, many other people. Now, if you're one of the ones who froze as the challenges grew, as the virus threatened and actually killed, as the economy struggled, and perhaps, you know, you yourself personally found yourself in crisis, I want to encourage you with that story of Joshua. You know, it's interesting that between chapter 1, verses 6 and 9, just in, within those four verses, God repeats three times, be strong and courageous. And then at the end of the chapter, you know, he has gathered the army together and he's, they're recognizing him, him as the leader. And you know what they tell him? Be strong and courageous. It seems that everybody could see that while Joshua had become their leader, eh, he was not quite sure. He was was shaking a little bit. He was afraid. He wasn't sure about how things were going. But he went. He took those steps. And so my prayer for you is that you won't stay stuck in the place where you're at. The past is behind. The future is yet to come. Now is the time to choose, to start walking together with God, to trust God and step forward into the future that he has planned for us. As I said, 2020 shook everything. But the two most important things in life, they stay the same. The first one is the importance of our relationship with God. You know, the true anchor in the storm, no matter what else is happening, if you are connected with God, you are secure. You are connected to the one who truly gives hope and meaning. Hope in the midst of, of all the despair around us, a place of true security that cannot be shaken. And meaning and significance beyond the material success that is so fickle, that disappeared for many of us last year. A meaning that is beyond physical life, especially as as many of us felt sickness, you know, even lost dear ones. There's the question, is this physical body all that there is? No. Because God is. God is. And when he defines our reality, everything can somehow Fit together. Without God, there can never be any meaning. The second most important thing of life that that didn't change is the importance of people in our lives. You know, did you notice that during the year? You know, how much we need to connect with other people. In fact, many of you have, have been willing to risk your own lives and the lives of people around you because you so want to connect with other people, not to connect with with money and things to connect with people. And I pray that we will retain those disciplines, you know, those disciplines we've been told, uh, keep that self-control of physical distance and, and, and keeping masks on and things like that so that we may be a blessing to others even as we know that need of connecting. Those of us who, had, who have lost loved ones, we know, you know, as we think of the friends and relatives who are gone, how important relationships are. They are so important that that when we lose someone that important, suddenly it's like the world has stopped. Relationships are important. And maybe you realize during the year that you may have been investing too much of your time and effort in things that were not so important when the world was shaken, when everything changed. And perhaps you've been giving too little attention and, and been taking for granted those things that are important, those things that truly had depth and meaning for you in the time of crisis. Don't forget that lesson. In Psalm 90, verse 12, Moses asks the Lord, Teach us to number our days aright, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. It is in seasons like this that we gain perspective and, and can clarify the things that are truly important and the things that are secondary. Keep hold of what you learned. It, it will continue to give you a return, a true return in your life. But now we are stepping into a new year. Stepping into a new year. And some of us are stepping into new jobs, new situations. Some of us are looking and are hoping to get jobs. Some of us are trying to keep our businesses afloat, uh, meeting the needs of our families. Tomorrow is, is school, yeah? And I know that many are struggling about school fees. Some of us are, are going through deep tragedy and just trying to get up and bring things together. Maybe you lost a loved one or, and you're unsure of, of what that future is going to look like. Whatever and wherever you are, no matter what your circumstances, in one way or another, you are walking into uncharted territory. Nobody has seen the year 2021 before. Nobody has seen 2021, 3rd January, and even tomorrow will be brand new. You're stepping into uncharted territory. Walk into it with God. Walk into it with God, and you need never fear, because the maker of the universe, the creator of everything that we see, God Almighty, the all-knowing God who knows the end from the beginning, He will be with you. Joshua 1:9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. What are our key roles in this promise? I think the first one is, is, is obvious. You know, listen and do what God is saying to you. Have I not commanded you? You know god is not in the habit of giving us you know some suggestions that that you can just pick and choose and and decide whether to do or not if he's telling you to do something you had better take it seriously now in the last two weeks i've been i've been reading through the prophet jeremiah and and this this actually caught my attention after jerusalem had been conquered and destroyed just as he had predicted you know some of the survivors came to jeremiah and asked him you know to to go and speak to the lord to the, on their behalf to pray to the lord and ask you know what is the lord's will where they should go in their hearts it seems that they had already made up their minds and they were going to run away to egypt but they came to jeremiah hoping that god would bless their desire would bless their plans but god wanted something different he wanted them to stay put in judah And Jeremiah tells them this. And then in Jeremiah 42, verse 19 to 22, just note what he says here. He says, Remnant of Judah, the Lord has told you, do not go to Egypt, but be sure of this. I warn you today that you made a fatal mistake when you sent me to the Lord your God and said, pray to the Lord for us. Tell us everything he says and we will do it. I have told you today, but you have still not obeyed the Lord your God people were already starting to nungunika and clearly they wanted to go to egypt verse 22 so now be sure of this you will die by the sword famine and plague in the place you want to go and settle guys it's not about asking god to bless your own will and the things that you have decided you know he's lord not you it is about finding blessing as you do the will of God, as you desire, as you, as you live in the desires of God. It's not about getting God to align to your will so that you will get, so that he will serve you. It's about aligning yourself to his will. Have I not commanded you? But you know, we have this same reality, I think, that Joshua had. We are not sure. We are not sure how it will all turn out. And we are afraid to step out and to step forward into something that we cannot see. Guys, let's trust God. Trust God. That's the next thing that we must do. Trust God. You know, the true God. I believe all of us, at some point or other, get into that situation to a greater or lesser extent. You know, we, we get the jitters. We are not sure. What if the Lord doesn't come through? What, is not, what if he's not able? to carry me through. You know, I hear that prayer so often. I pray that you will be able to do this or that. You're not sure he would be able? He made the universe. You know, this is the almighty God. His hand is never too weak. He can. He can. Always. What we must do is pray that he will, and he will if it is in his will. Pray that he will, and he will if it is in his will. As we understand who God is, we truly, you know, understand both in heart and mind that this is the creator of the universe, that this God is the one who knows the beginning from, the end from the beginning, then we will not be afraid then we can step forward and be strong and courageous and walk into uncharted territory because he's been there and he knows what it looks like he knows what tomorrow looks like and we don't and we can be walking aligned to the one who truly knows and who truly can he truly knows and he can and then i want you to remember that we have a witness god recognizes by the way that these abstract thoughts You know, like he's almighty and everything. Sometimes it's hard for us to take that truth and just step forward into that. And so he gives us a witness. He gives us experiences that enable us to see, yeah, this is the truth. And then we can move forward in it. He tells Joshua, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Joshua had been there with Moses. He had seen, seen what, God, what God could do. And that was concrete. That was something he could trust. And so, despite the fear he felt, despite being unsure and uncertain about this future that was going to be full of war, he went forward. We have a witness. We all have a witness. We have the witness of creation. Just amazing all the things that God has made and how all of them work together you know so intricately connected that they are you know we have the witness of the scriptures or, and all of the lives that are described there we have the witness of Christians who have who have who have lived in the past and and we can read their stories we've got them in our books but we also have the witness of God working in us and among us in the lives of people who are around us and guys this promise is certain i will never leave you nor forsake you it's a promise that is actually repeated in, in the New Testament, in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. He wasn't just talking to Joshua. He was talking to you and to me. And, and, and he wants you to know this. That's another memory verse, by the way. Please memorize that. He, I will never leave you, never will I forsake you. Hebrews 13, verse 5. You know, if you don't know it, embrace it. Trust God because He can. Trust God because of what you know He has already done, the witness that we can see. And then thirdly, trust God because He loves you. He truly does. One of the best-known parables of Jesus is the one about the two sons. And it's more popularly known as the the parable of the prodigal son. And we studied this parable um, three years ago, I think three or four years ago, in a series called The Prodigal God. It's a story that Jesus gives about a man who had two sons. The younger one is rebellious. He won't wait for the dad to die so that he can inherit, you know, the the, the wealth. He demands it and then goes off to a faraway land and blows it all. And then things get hard out there. The wealth is gone. He's got no job. You know, he gets hired. He ends up becoming a farm worker and his job is to feed pigs. Now things had gotten so low for him that that he feels that the pigs are better off than he is. And he wishes he could eat their food. Let me take this story from here in Luke chapter 15 and we'll be moving on from, from verse 16. It says, he longed, this is the younger brother, to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating. But no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired men have food to spare? And here I am, starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him All these years i have been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never even gave me a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and he's alive again. He was lost and is found. Jesus is talking about two types of people. There's the younger brother who represents those who have walked away from God, who have chosen to live, you know, far from him. And, and ultimately, they will find that life is empty. That the lasting joy that they hoped for, it wasn't there. It was nothing. It just does not last. It doesn't satisfy And their lives are empty you know hopefully they will do like that younger son and come to their senses and turn back to their father and what they find is a father that truly loves them truly desires them but you know that kind of lostness is is obvious it's easy to recognize and most people you know people who are like this they don't cheat themselves they don't kid themselves that that they are okay with god but on the other hand we have the older son is like many of us in church we may look okay but sometimes we slide we slide into thinking that god owes us it stops being about our relationship with god and it becomes about the things that we can get from him just think about this you know this situation you know when the elder brother found out that his brother was back you didn't need to have a phd to discover and to realize that this is the greatest day of his father's life I mean he had killed the fattened calf and called a party and it's not a fattened calf it is the fattened calf it was really special and this day was was special to him it was a really special day for him it's obvious anybody could see that and the elder brother could see it but it didn't matter to him it didn't matter he doesn't care because he's not that concerned about the the father's heart what the father desires he's concerned about the father's things He's angry because he's thinking, the father owes me. I've been good. You know, I've been slaving. I've read my Bible. I've gone to church. I've done all these other things. But that anger against the father, if things don't go as you want, it shows that you've set your heart not on the father, but on the father's things. You're not obeying him because of the beauty and greatness of who he is. You're not obeying him just to resemble him just to please him and get near to him. You're in it because you're saying, I signed up for some blessing. So where is it? I've been a good guy. You owe me. If you're like that, and you're sulking outside of God's feast, you need to know that you're lost as well. Just like for the younger brother. Notice that the father has to go outside to reach each of these two brothers you need to come back you need to come back to your first love, it's not the things that are special or that make you special it's having God in your life, he himself is our true inheritance and he's asking you to come in, he loves you, he's desiring you no matter where you are, you need to see to see God and feel his heart. And he desires you. He loves you. He loves you. Please recognize and accept his welcome. You know, if you're like that younger brother, I want you to know that there is a deep welcome that is in store for you when you choose to turn back to God. There's a hope and a future as you turn around. There's a place of security and safety and celebration. It's you personally that gets celebrated by god a party is thrown. that's how much god celebrates your return he wants you to know that you are welcome that you aren't rejected despite the pain that you may have caused failure doesn't disqualify you either the father dresses you in the clothing of success and and and, and status he gives you the robe the best robe and the ring and guys it's not because you deserve it you never do It's not because he needs you, he doesn't, but he loves you, and he's longing for you to come in. In Ephesians chapter 1 verses 5 to 7, the Bible says, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son, and forgave our sins it's an extravagant, you know overflowing grace more than is needed has been given by god you know we must never ever doubt that it is enough that what god has paid is enough because it's an infinite payment it is the son of god himself dying because of us an infinite payment and then there's the invitation for those elder brother types it's an invitation to that child who does not understand or has forgotten his true inheritance and calling and or responsibility and the heart of his father. You know, and even the best of us at times we we forget and we slide into elder brotherishness. You know, you might not become fully an elder brother, but you become elder brotherish. You start thinking of yourself as deserving things, may, maybe more than we like to admit, and we slide into this. And that includes me. Do you feel that serving God, staying in the straight and narrow and, and, and doing the, the, the right things, do you, do you feel like it's slaving? You know, sometimes we, we lose sight of what our, our father wants, his desires. Sometimes we lose sight of how precious we are to him and how he desires to walk together with us and bless our lives. Sometimes we forget the love and the grace that has brought us into the family and have made us members of this eternal family. Instead of our obedience being a thanksgiving for everything that God has already given and out of a desire to see God himself, the one that we say with our mouths that we love, that we want to see him, you know, s- full of joy. And so we are doing the things that please him. But instead of doing that, we start looking at our service of God slaving you're saying God pay me pay me yet he gave his son for you God is the giver of the inheritance that none of us deserve or could ever earn. guys actually God is the ultimate inheritance he himself the ultimate inheritance and if you understand who he is and this greatness of all that He is, then anything else will pale into insignificance as you get to know God and to know that He is the true inheritance of life. You know, do you, do you recognize the privilege of, of being called His son, His child? Are you pleased, you know, with the, with the things that, that have brought you to Him? And, 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 and therefore, are you able to connect with the joy that He has in you? Or are you jealous? Are you so self-centered that when you see somebody else being blessed, your only thought is, why not me? Why not me? Guys, God doesn't want you to be left out of his joy and celebration. You're a son, you're a child, and God is inviting you in to be part of his joy. You may need to ask yourself, in my relationship with God, is my focus on the things that i'm hoping to get from him or is it on god then there's the family responsibility to reach out and rescue the lost and, and bring more people in that's the elder brother responsibility in the in the hebrew culture the elder brother was always left with you know in his inheritance he had double portion that means twice as much as everybody else got was given to him and there was a reason And the reason was the responsibility that was his of keeping the family together, going out and redeeming. If anybody's life crashed, if things went wrong in anybody else's life within the family, it was the elder brother's responsibility to reach out and help that person, to go back and rescue, to redeem that person from wherever he is. And Jesus is the true picture of an elder brother. He's our elder brother and look at what he did. At his own cost, he left heaven and came to this earth he left that glory and released it all so that he could come and walk together with us and live together with us and at the cost of his own life he paid for our sins he paid the full debt that we an unworthy bankrupt people everything that we owed and and he brought us into the family of god and then as we become family the children of the family of god we are asked to follow his example The desires of God become our desires so that we too go out and look for those people who are lost. And our joy is the joy of God who does not want anyone to perish but for everyone to come to repentance. He wants other people to be brought in into the family. You know, Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest come to him. That's where we find the ultimate rest. That place of ultimate peace. And then he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. He wants you and I to walk together with him to be part of fulfilling his agenda, but never alone. He is your partner. You are yoked together. And his promise is, I am with you always to the very end. Of the age. Learn from me. We'll be learning more and more about that as we go into the next few weeks. But, brothers and sisters, 2021 is a new opportunity to come to God, to walk together with Him in a renewed and closer way. No matter where you are, Jesus is saying, Come, come closer. I will walk together with you. I want to walk with you in one yoke, helping you carry the loads and the challenges of life. You know, sometimes we'll find that his agenda is not our agenda and that shouldn't surprise us, should it? Because, you know, he is God and he has an eternal purpose and he made you and I on purpose for a purpose. A purpose that is aligned with his purposes. And so, it's his purpose that we should be choosing to live and walk in. Align your life to God's will, listen and do what he says and trust him he will be there with you no matter what no matter where you go, no matter how hard the way gets and if and if you are in his will he will make your life succeed based on that trust we can take step, our steps forward have I not commanded you let's listen to what our God is saying and walk together into 2021 with courage and boldness because we are walking into it with God. Father, I pray that you will help us this year, 2021, to be a year of your victory and power working through our lives. Oh Lord, may you do mightily in your people. Oh Lord, may you help each one of us every one of us to listen to you and then to trust you and walk in the way that you call us. Oh Lord, I pray that that promise that you gave to Joshua will be so alive in all of our lives. Each and every one of us. Those present here, those who are, you know, watching in the different media, who are watching on Fifth Estate, Lord, may we be blessed as we hear your word and live in it. In Jesus' name. Amen.